God. Where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? Oh, goodness. All right, kids. Hey there, hello, and welcome back. This is the Dallas Podcast. As always, I am the Elder Dadless, one of your co-hosts of the show. Today's episode, I'm going to be focusing on an absolute icon, a trailblazer, and a star whose light faded far too soon in Selena Quintanilla. For those of you who were fortunate enough to experience Selenidad at its peak, like myself, you would understand just how significant the singer's influence was, not only musically, but culturally as well. In this episode, although centered around Selena, I will focus on aspects of her untimely death, as well as some controversies that followed her throughout her career. That being said, thank you and enjoy the show. really good. What is this? Are you trying to trick me? Wait, just wait. When's it get good? What's up there, little homie? About ready to do this? Yeah, man, I'm ready. In this world, if you can't swim, you found the dressing. And if you fall, you better pick your punk ass up. That's right. And the rest of y'all, one that they're ready, don't cut him no slack. Hey, break yo! You're going nowhere! What? I got you for three minutes! Three minutes of heat time! You got no backup here. I'm calling it Veronica. Veronica, give me a hand. Got food, get busy. Three. It's clobbering time. When you're gone, how do you want to be remembered? as uh not only as an entertainer but as a person who who cared a lot um and i gave the best that i could and i tried to be the best role model that i that i possibly could and, and the best person that i could i tried to help out well i hope we can do this again one of these days soon at the height of her fame selena's popularity was akin to Beatlemania. in fact selena mania was running wild with no end in sight or so we thought whether printed on a t-shirt or heard on the radio, her posters adorned the walls of fans of all ages. They even made her into her very own Barbie doll. The popular singer's influence was seemingly everywhere. But who was Selena? Eventually, Selena's father recruited his two other children to form a new family band that kept the old name Losinos. Suzette played drums and Avi was on guitar. By the time Selena was 11, she and Losinos had become regular performers on the KIII TV Spanish variety show, Domingo. Known as the Mexican Madonna, La Reina of the Tex-Mex, or most notably as the Queen of Tejano Music, the youngest of three children, Selena Quintanilla Perez, a note that we'll touch on later in the discussion, was born on April 16th of 1971 in Lake Jackson, Texas, to Abraham Quintanilla and Marcela Zamora. Early on, during the 1950s and 60s, Abraham Quintanilla was a musician as well, leading the original band by the name of Los Dinos. Eventually, Abraham would give up his career in music and would focus on building a family. The Quintanillas grew up in an English-speaking household. But at a young age, Abraham taught his young daughter how to sing in Spanish. And by the age of six, Abraham took advantage of her blossoming talent for singing. By 1981, Selena y Los Dinos were formed backed by her brother A.B. on guitar and bass, her older sister Suzette on drums, and Abraham acting as manager and overall stage dad. 
10-year-old Selena led her newly formed family band. The group performed at their family restaurant, bars, fairgrounds, weddings, and other venues all around their native Texas, where they would eventually become a local staple. Fast forward into the 90s, Selena, along with Latinos, had finally hit their stride. As of October 1989, the popular singer had released her first debut album under the banner of EMI Land Record, and had already planned her second album for release in 1990. Her single, Baila Esta Cumbia, became one of her most popular songs, and she even topped the U.S. Billboard Top Latin Songs chart. It was in April 1992 when Selena and Chris Perez married. The couple had dated in secret soon after they hired Perez on as lead guitarist for Los Dinos in 1990. The couple were together for nearly three years before the singer's untimely death in 1995. 1993 would ultimately mark the beginning of the end for the now prominent pop star. Yolanda Saldivar, a devoted fan who wanted nothing more than to be in the singer's good graces, would contact Selena. After getting in contact with Abraham Quintanilla, Saldivar would be involved with Selena's fan club organization. She would eventually build a strong bond with Quintanilla, gaining access to her personal life. Aside from singing, Selena aspired to be a fashion designer, and in 1994 she would open up her very first boutique in Corpus Christi, Texas. Later, two more boutiques would open up in San Antonio, Texas. They would appoint Yolanda Saldivar the position of manager for the San Antonio locations, along with her duties as president of the Selena fan club. At the time of Selena's death, they had relieved Saldivar of her duties as president of Selena's fan club and as manager of her boutiques. Selena and her father Abraham had suspected Saldivar of embezzling money after fans began calling and sending letters to the Quintanilla family, stating that they hadn't received merchandise that was paid for. They set up a meeting between Quintanilla and Saldivar in order to retrieve incriminating documents from the former fan club president. The two met at a Holiday Inn in Corpus Christi, Texas. Saldivar has stated that she set up the meeting hoping to seek pity from the singer. This detail has since remained unclear. The two met up at a hotel room to discuss Selena's concerns regarding the claims of embezzlement, and according to court records, it was at this moment that Saldivar drew a weapon that she had been concealing and shot Selena in the back as the singer attempted to flee from the scene where she ultimately collapsed as she made her way to the hotel lobby. Before an ambulance could reach the critically wounded young woman, hotel staff reported that the singer said, Yolanda Saldivar, room 158. These last words easily could have been part of Quintanilla's last breath. And on March 31st, 1995, at 11.48 a.m., the 23-year-old singer, Selena Quintanilla Perez, was dead. Dr. Lewis Elkins, MD, a cardiac surgeon who testified about her treatment, reported that when she arrived at the hospital, quote, she had no evidence of neurological function, there was no evidence of any blood flow to her brain. Her brain was no longer functioning. She was clinically brain dead." End quote. Saldivar claimed that the shooting was accidental, but in October 1995, they would sentence her to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 2025. The adored singer was capable of so much, and those who cherished her the most would never truly experience her full potential. The queen of Tejano music, including her life, legacy, and accomplishments, will continue to live on through those who continue to celebrate Selena then. Selena's remains are at Seaside Memorial Park in Corpus Christi, Texas. Selena would record her first English album titled Dreaming of You in 1995. 
Unfortunately, she would not live to know its success. They would release the album after the singer's tragic death and would sell 175,000 copies on the first day of its release. In 1997, Jennifer Lopez would portray Selena in a hugely successful film directed by Gregory Nava. Selena, although no longer with us, has continued to endure not only musically, but culturally. Her legacy and estate continue to thrive, but this is not without consequence or controversy. I'd like to shed some light on some of those offenses. Hey there guys, real quick, this is the Elder Dadless, co-host of the Dallas Podcast. Today, I'm here to tell you a little something about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and let me go ahead and explain. First of all, it is free. There's no upfront cost. It doesn't cost anything. It's a great way to get started. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Literally, if you're on the go, if you're at school, if you are hiding in the restroom while you're at work, if you're stalking your ex-girlfriend, you can literally make a podcast from anywhere. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other streaming platforms. Hey, great way to get it out, right? You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means that your Uncle Randy, who was twice removed, can help you make a buck, or a creepy Father John, who you chose to stop talking to for many reasons, can even help you make a buck. It's that simple. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get back to the show. Being that my dad was a musician before with Los Dinos, he knew how to play the guitar and sing, so he started teaching my brother. And being that I was a spoiled little brat, <laughs> he was getting all the attention, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go pick up something and try to, you know, learn on my own. So I went and got a book. And I started making up my own melodies with songs, you know, because I could read already. And my dad said, no, 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 mijita, he goes, try it like this. And he started teaching me, and I started picking up. And when you're young and you have the timing already and you can remember, memorize a melody or repeat a melody right after you hear it, then you, then you know there's a little bit of talent. So my dad was like, hey, he saw dollar signs. <laughs> Abraham Quintanilla, apart from being an overbearing stage dad, played a major role in much of the pop star's career. In fact, without Abraham exploiting his young daughter's interest in singing, forcing his kids to become a band, regardless of what they wanted, and taking advantage of their developing talent as a group, one could say that there would be no Selena in Los Zinos. Or a Selena altogether. He saw the raw potential and molded it into his liking, knowing full well that he could live vicariously through their success. In time, the group would become the sole source of income for their family, and Abraham ran a tight ship. He consistently kept the kids practicing, ensuring that they remained a well-oiled machine. In 1992, as the band built their success and hired Selena's future husband Chris Perez as an additional guitarist for the group, Selena found that she and Perez had an immediate attraction. And once Abraham caught wind of these mutual feelings, he addressed his disapproval. He threatened to fire Perez, calling him a cancer to the family and business. In order to keep his daughter's career on the right path free from distraction, this disapproval would ultimately lead to the couples keeping their relationship hidden. It also is the reason why the couple eloped in secret. 
One offense that rides a fine line of conspiracy would claim that Abraham Quintanilla had some involvement in his daughter's 1995 murder. Certain schools of thought would theorize that Quintanilla II set certain plans in motion in order to stake some type of claim on his daughter's estate. Being that Selena's father had so much control over her career, it would not be uncommon to target some type of lucrative gain from a life insurance policy of sorts. But this is all hearsay by superfans and music conspiracists, a can of worms that in all honesty is well above my points of reference, but it is food for thought. Referring to the offense that unfolded after Selena's murder, Abraham would approach Perez with an offer to take full responsibility of handling his late daughter's affairs. Seeing as how Perez was still in a state of mourning, Perez agreed and signed a document later identified as an estate agreement that would grant Abraham the exclusive rights to Selena's name, voice, photographs, and story in perpetuity. Abraham's lawyer would prepare this document only two months after his daughter's death. The details of this shotgun agreement would later become a part of a lawsuit in which Quintanilla's father, Abraham, would file against Perez in 2016. Both parties would dismiss this lawsuit May 2018. Selena's album, Dreaming of You, would release posthumously in 1995, only three months after the singer's death. Perez could only sit back and watch as his late wife's father relished in his newfound success, all thanks to his daughter. In 1996, Abraham would license the Selena Quintanilla celebrity doll. Manufactured by Arm Enterprise, it would become a part of the Selena in Concert series. And in 1997, the Selena biopic would be greenlit, as long as Abraham could play role of executive producer. Throughout the years, Quintanilla would sue or threaten to sue a long list of individuals who attempted to infringe on his daughter's likeness. Since 1995, the artist's estate has flourished despite her death. There have been six posthumous number ones on the top Latin albums chart, a Forever 21 deal, Mac collaborations, a Selena debit card, a biopic starring Jennifer Lopez that grossed $35 million, along with an array of other merchandising and licensing deals. No statement better summarizes this report, better than an excerpt from an article written by Jesse Katz of Billboard magazine. Quote, money, access to it, oversight of it, is what also set the stage for Selena's death. While she was alive, her father managed her career with a tight fist, paying her net profits interest, according to court records, equal to that of her brother and sister. The Queen of Tejano Music, Latin and the Tex-Mex, the Mexican Madonna, she might as well have been an employee of her dad, end quote. On a closing note, Selena, her voice, image, and lasting impression is not of her father's. In fact, I think it supersedes her father, despite his control. Selena was more than an individual. She has almost become saint-like, in a way. To me, she is a type of folk idol, akin to El Santo, Cantinflas, Chespirito, or shit, even Walter Mercado. Somos la única línea seria y verdadera. Echa a un lado las tristezas y ábrete hacia un mundo lleno de amor. As long as there are people who love and appreciate who she is, who she was, her legacy, her music, I think her influence will remain the same, just as strong, if not stronger. These people are just part of the reason for Selena's success. She knew that and she never turned her back on them. I think that was real special. I think that, you know, it showed that she wasn't all for her stardom, that she wanted to keep some of her roots. Many here say Selena was one of a kind, a kind of hometown hero that one never forgets. Felix Cortez, Six News. As we come to a close for this episode, I want to go ahead and say thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. I can't tell you in all honesty how nervous I was to put it out. 
I know originally I had announced it uh, during the Cannibals and Corridos episode where I covered Big Lurch and Chilino Sanchez in that I wanted everything to sound genuine and neat. I know it's been a while. I think our last episode was in mid-December. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please give us a follow on Anchor or, uh, you know, follow us on uh, the socials. Tell me how this episode was. I'd love to hear your feedback. It would be great to hear from you guys. I know I don't often ask, but whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe to the podcast. Let someone else know about the podcast if you think they'd like it. As always, thank you guys, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks. Are you kidding me, man? This bumper, this, this bumper is going to go on the wall of my garage, carnal. I'm going to put a little sign under it. It's going to say, this bumper was pulled off by the bus of Salinas. <laughs> I mean, anything for Salinas. Who are you, really? My name is Diego Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. I am your father. That's my son! This is my boy! This is my boy! That's impossible! You're laughing. Someone was killed today because of what you did. I know. How about another joke, Ray? Fuck you. Only you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. This is my job, war. I understand you, Pete. Actually, we're all tickled to hear you say that. You should have your revenge. I am Iron Man. Good night. And always remember, that's my-